to the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. Uh, last week we did, uh, uh, we started with our destination. So I'll just recap last week. We were talking about the fact that we're going somewhere. We're not going there for a nap. We're heading towards a destination. We're definitely not going there to float on clouds and play harps, contrary to some belief and some uh, great art, right? We're going to the new heavens and the new earth. And it's centered around the new Jerusalem. And we talked about Isaiah 65, 17, where this concept is first introduced, the new heaven and the new earth. We went into Peter 3, or 2 Peter 3, 10, where we know that this earth, this physical earth, is being reserved for fire. Okay? It's in the word. Don't get upset with me. I don't know the exact ways that it unfolds, but we talked a little bit about that process because the, the world was born of water, and then the Spirit sustains it, much like our own baptism, until the point of destruction, which is fire, right? We were baptized first into the baptism of water and repentance. And then G that's what happened with John, right? And most of us in the confession of our faith and repentance, we were baptized in water as well. I know my kids were. I was baptized in a place called the Wadi Kelt, not far from Jerusalem, out in the Alava, which is towards the Jericho. Where were you baptized, honey? Oh, Allison, oh, the Jordan River, there you go, right there, you know, that's big time. So a lot of the kids and people were baptized in the Jordan River in Israel when I was a child. Then, then John says, somebody else is coming, they're going to baptize you in what? The Holy Spirit and fire, right? So we know that this progression, this unfolding of God's will is a continual cycle in our lives, Okay. Water, spirit, fire. Water, spirit, fire. Water, spirit, fire. So we're heading to New Jerusalem. Uh, it actually says that it uses the Hebrew word bara, which means he's creating again. So that's pretty exciting. God is creating again, which is just, it kind of blows your mind because we, we get this tunnel vision sometimes that we're it and that this is it, you know, or heaven, get me out of here, right? It's one or the other. I want to stay or I really, really want to go. But uh, we have to find ourselves where God has us, where his word says that we are. Amen? The crying, we talked about the crying last week, because in the new heavens and new earth, and in that where Jerusalem and God is centered, the crying is gone. The pain, the sorrow, the crying of the earth and the crying of his sons and daughters for him to return and reconcile all things to himself. That's eliminated. I just want to address a little bit before we go into tonight, which is where we're at now, the preparing the way, where we're at in our journey, what stages we're in. I just want to talk a little bit first about some things we touched on worship. We worship for an hour upper room or longer, and we settle on certain themes because the, the priority is ministering to the heart of God, and the priority is his presence. It's not a pretty song. It's not the right chords. It's not the best voice or the worst voice. It's entering into the presence of God. It's what I said from the psalmist who said, God, it says he's enthroned on the praises of his people. When we were worshiping and that, that they just began to say, this, I think it was Austin, he just began to sing, look at what he's done, look at what he's done. And, and I've never done a, a Christmas carol like that at that tempo, but it was awesome, right? I mean, that was like 100 plus beats a minute, so that was pretty cool. But when he just began to say that, 
I don't know where, I mean, it was a cross between, the, it was a spear prompting, but I just began to look at the picture of my life. I began to look at, and just God began to bring back just simple pictures all along the way. I just, wanna, I just want you to hear that, hear the Spirit of God. Look at what he's done all along the way in your life. He's been there from when you were a child. He's been there in your teen years, when you're an adolescent. He's looking around to see if they're, he's there when you're going to college or that age or getting your first job. He's there in the middle age for me. And then there's a few older in the room. He's, he's there. Look at what he's done. I mean, look at what he's done with our lives. You know, when you look at Christ, these things just seem small. All these other things that we're concerned with, all these other anxieties, if you will. The psalmist calls it disquieting thoughts. That's the real translation there. He's been with us, is my point, and he'll be with us, and we'll be with him. We've got a taste now, but a full revelation is coming and I'm pretty sure that it's going to blow our minds. I know it's going to blow out our bodies. It's going to blow out these bodies. And the spirit man will remain a new body that can withstand the glory of God up close in its fullness in Jerusalem. Amen? So tonight we're looking at our route. Uh, I'm going to be uh, speaking out of the book of Isaiah mostly. Uh, ver chapter 40, verse 3 through 5. So if you have a Bible or you're using a phone, uh, you can turn there, and we'll get it up here on the screen. <clears throat> Someone said to me last week, they said, if you want to go on the highway, you've got to pay the tolls. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because we were talking about the highway. Uh, contrary to popular Western church belief, we're not here to build earthly kingdoms or establish the most comfortable existence. And that's good for us because we're in the U.S. and we're in the West. And that's a leaning and tendency that's very easy to slip into. <clears throat> so let's just read Isaiah 40. There we go. We got it up. Okay. I'm going to read from this version. It'll be, probably be pretty close. A voice is calling, clear the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low and let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. All flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So this is in context for that era. It's in regards to the Babylonian exile. It's, it's the second part of Isaiah. They've basically gotten rebuked the whole first 39 chapters and beaten down. And in the beginning of the scripture, it says, uh, in verse 1, it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has become removed, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Context in this era is Babylonian exile. And what they used to do in, uh, in those times is where there was an important pilgrimage happening between great cities or great regions, these, they would send people ahead of them. And they would cry on the highways that something was coming. 
someone important is coming, a procession, a king, a governor, leadership. And in this case, it's the, the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, that are returning to their land. That's what Isaiah is prophesying about in context for that era. But we know that the Lord in the wilderness, clear way for the Lord in the wilderness, a voice is calling. We know that there's a physical man that embodies the fulfillment of that prophecy in John the baptizer, right? Yochanan Amatbil. He's, he's fulfilling this. And it says, we know this because it says in Matthew and the Gospels, it, it addresses this multiple times. And it says, this is the voice. This is the man that was crying in the wilderness, prepare the way. And, and I think it, we can't not mention him because that was part of the Isaiah for the context of Christ's era. That was the context, the physicality, the physical realm. You've got Jews returning from Babylon. Now when Christ returns, you have John the Baptist saying, hey, there's a guy coming. There's a Messiah. There's a Lord, a greater one than me. And John is already doing great things out in the wilderness because they're all coming out to him. So we know his preaching was strong, right? But it was counterintuitive because he was preaching a message of repentance. So how is he preaching a message of repentance? But they're coming out to him from the cities and from Judea and Samaria to be baptized. They're curious because when the move of God happens and the spirit moves through you, people become curious, especially if you don't put a bushel or what's the little song? You don't put a little hide it under a bushel. No. Right. Remember that as kids? Anybody ever? I might be dating myself, but I mean, I'm 45. I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to change. It's only getting older, right? So hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it. Amen. So when God moves and the spirit and anointing moves in your life, in whatever sphere, let me, let me just tell you, it's not going to happen exactly like John the Baptist because you're in 2022, okay? God might move on you through TikTok, okay? You might be preaching a message or ministering to young people that are scrolling through and all of a sudden they see a worship. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I, got a, I mean, I got a strong finger on that one. You know, like. Anyway, but, but when he moves and you don't hide it under a bushel, people begin to become curious. What's going on over there? You know why? There's a fragrance to burning. There's a fragrance when fire hits you and you begin to burn from the Lord. John Ferguson works with a lot of young people. He knows what I'm talking about. Even the hardest young people, something's going on. Kind of looking like, act like they don't care, but I catch them out of the corner of my eye. I got two teenagers in the house, so I'll catch them. I'll catch them kind of like taking a peek. What's going on over there? They're curious. So John baptizes water, repentance, Jesus comes. And what a beautiful gift it is to John, right? Because John is like Elijah, right? So don't you think he'd much rather have gone the same way versus the way he went? I mean, it, but what is, God imparts a gift, right? That he gets to see the one. And, and he understands something about the desert. So we're going to just talk uh, a little bit about the desert, okay? About a, a highway in the desert, and, and we're going to dig into some of these words and some of these concepts, okay? What happens in the desert highway? Well, in the desert, when you go hiking in the Arava in Israel, and probably desert anywhere in the world, it's so dry 
the climate of, of the desolate place will drain the reservoirs of self-sufficiency down to the last drop. I didn't steal that, by the way. That was, that was the Holy Spirit. Every <laughs> Okay, Claire, all right, I got you. What happens on the highway desert? We're brought to the ends of ourselves. The dry climate of the desolate places will drain the reservoirs of self-sufficiency down to the very last drop. Every previous source of moisture and lubrication will be replaced by the parched barrenness and the need for hydration becomes, begats desperation. A willingness to shed every weight that we carry in exchange for water sets deep into our soul. John knew this by the Spirit. The Essenes understood that the nature of repentance was tied to the dry places far away from the great storehouses of self-reliance and comfort. We cannot understand the weight of what Christ bore without understanding the wilderness and the desert. The wilderness is where repentance meets the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I have a question. Will we be a people that allows the Holy Spirit to convict us? That is to say, are we a people who have under, understood and experienced repentance leading us in the holy way, on a holy highway? Amen. So let's look at a little bit of Ivrit. We have a few people who speak Hebrew in the house, so I'm glad about that. Uh, this road, we're going to look at highway first, okay? So it's verse 3, part B. It says, make smooth in the desert a highway for God. In, in this part, they use the word mesila. It's a highway. I want you to think of like, uh, just to give you a picture, let's think 121, okay? It's right out here, right? Uh, it's the big road between the cities or between the regions. This is not the city roads, okay? It's not Maine. It's 121. It's, it's for the larger migrations of, the, of people and events, right? So except for the final point of a destination, you don't think roads, you think highway. Okay, so except to get here off of, let's say, the tollway, we're thinking the tollway, right? And let's just remove the tolls for the sake of argument. When she said that, I thought it was really cool. But after a while, I started to think about it, and I was like, you know what? Jesus paid the tolls. <laughs> I, I knew what she was saying, but in my spirit, I was like, he, I'll suffer for his namesake, but he paid all the tolls. He's got me from the beginning to the end. He's the author. He's finishing me out, right? It's not on my own accord. If it was my own accord, I'd be falling out one day and back in his hand again. But even Peter and, and, and Corinthians, it talks about, I'm relying on what he did. So I'm perfectly secure because of what he did. Amen? All right, so wilderness, we're looking at this road, Mesila. We're going to go back to highway. Don't worry, there's more there. But I want to go to the scripture in Isaiah 35.8 so that we can look a little bit, a little bit, little bit deeper. It gives, it gives some good stuff here. And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. I want you to remember there's a distinction there between the highway and the way. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. 
What version is that? Because that's really, I'm glad that that's written like that. The end is especially important. Sorry, we'll read 35a in Hebrew. We're going to break this down. There's a highway, but there's a way which you walk on the highway. You get the distinction? You have 121, but how do you drive on 121? What's that? <laughs> I like it. Fast. If there's traffic, you can't go fast though, right? So how do you carry yourself on the highway? Do you use your blinker? Do you get upset? <laughs> Are you yelling in your car when someone cuts you off? Are you the one cutting someone off? Sometimes, exactly. This is, this is the walk. This, this woman could be Jewish. She's speaking plainly. I like it. So back a little bit to the highway, maslul, again this word, highway, never in a city. The, it's the elevated path. It's the elevated path in the wilderness, in the desert. It's contrast, it's contrast, it contrasts to the common way. It's not the common road. God is calling us to holiness on the highway. So what's holding us back? What's holding us back when the scripture says, in Psalms, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my disquieting thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I want to tie some things here together. The disquieting thoughts and anxiety, that's a good scripture for you, Allison, because you deal with a lot of, Allison's a counselor. She, she counsels a lot of people with anxiety. And in our day and age, you have to admit, even if you're strong of mind and sound, because it's the spirit of the land, it starts to just erode at the veneer of our resolve. I don't care how strong you are mentally. I was raised in a house where, I mean, we're a word of faith. You don't want chicken pox, Israel? Declare it, believe it, and you won't get chicken pox. So, I mean, I was just a kid. What does a kid know? <laughs> okay, I'll try it. So me and my brothers declared and believed, and everybody around was getting chicken pox, and we didn't get the chicken pox. So, but even in the strong mind that I have, the spirit of the age is anxious. There's a lot of disquieting thoughts running around out there in the news, in the media. So I, I even sometimes start to wake up in the night. It's rare, but I'll wake up in the night and I'll be thinking about something. I can't go back to sleep. And my wife will tell you, I've been, a, been gifted with uh, the sleep, you know, like anointing. <laughs> I mean, she's like, it's less than five minutes. She's like, it's completely ridiculous. Like you just hit the pillow. And I always say, if I'm, I mean, I'm in bed, it's time to go to sleep, I go to sleep. Again, that's probably my dad's fault. I shall lie down and my sleep will be sweet. And, you know, he said it 50,000 times when we were a kid. So, and that was more to get the kid to go to sleep. Not so much, that, you know. But I guess it worked out later that, anyway, you hear what I'm saying. So, so this scripture also, I want to just look up the psalm scripture. Hopefully we have it pretty quick here. So remember, we're talking about the way of holiness that you live on the highway that is the cry to make the way straight. Your life now, not the Babylonians returning, not John speaking about the man who's gonna baptize in spirit and in fire, but you now calling and making the way straight for the Lord. Your life, my life, 
being poured out and laid out before him. Calling out in the desert, waiting for reconciliation, but hoping that fools would not go astray. Reaching and getting the lost back from that edge. Right? Us taking up the great commission. Engaging. So in this psalm scripture, it says, Search me, O God, and know me. Try me and know my anxious thoughts or disquieting thoughts. See if there be any hurtful way in me. Most translations, what does it say in 24? Grievous, ah, I like this. What are you using? I like this. Okay. Most translations you'd use wicked way. Anybody ever heard of that, wicked way? So on, on, the, on the previous, when we're talking about the highway, and then the way, you walk on the highway, the word for highway was masila, right? Maslul. That's the elevated, non-common road. But when he talks about the way you'll walk on it, that's a, a word called derech, okay? That's the same word that's used here. The word before it, grievous, grievous, I just want to go into that a bit, okay? Because a lot of scriptures say wicked, but let's just deal with otsev, okay? See if there be any hurtful way in me. Uh, I came, anybody come this morning? Is anybody here this morning? My wife, okay, in the back for sure. So it's a double, we call it double dipping at our house. Like, you know, you're getting the chip and you're dipping it twice, right? So we were here this morning and it was a beautiful service. And, and, and God, if you will, if you will, if we will open our eyes to God and the Holy Ghost, you will see him moving in a on a daily basis. Now, I believe that when God speaks to you and someone uses that phrase, God spoke to me, I believe that to be a profound experience. It's probably the Jewishness in my background of being raised there. But seeing God's hand, hearing his voice, seeing his handiwork, that can happen almost on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit guiding and teaching, that's also, that's a daily thing. If you're open to it. I've had years where I wasn't open to it because I was just too busy. I was just too self-absorbed. Frankly, I was just about me. My hurts, my pains, my wounds, my desires, my lusts, my pride. But the Lord will keep working on you, amen? <laughs> I mean, he's working on you. You're like that piece of dough and he just keeps going. And then he goes again. <laughs> you know, right about the time you think, oh, man, I'm a sweet cake. I look good. I'm ready to be eaten like a tasty morsel before the Lord. He's like, whoa, let me add some more batter and I need to rework you. You know, so the, the same word way right there is derech, okay? And the same word way is, is, ever, uh, is also derech. What happens a lot of times in Hebrew is one word, depending on the context, could mean six different things. And, and it's important for us to study the word of God, to dig down and drill down to bedrock, okay? And, and you have to add layers to your foundation by studying the word and letting the spirit illuminate it. You really have, I mean, you just can't sustain it's impossible to sustain the long-term aspects of your covenant with an almighty being, an infinite being, without continuing to add layers to your foundation. Because he wants to build up and down in balance with one another. We just want the up. Just raise me up, Lord. But we also have to build down. We have to let him ensure the, the, the foundations. So that word way, same thing. But let's go to the word bef right before it, okay? In Hebrew, it's the word otziv. And I looked at this word, it caught my eye. And when you're studying the scripture, 
Uh, Corey said something really good. He said, I want you to read long, but I want you to read short as well. So you read long passages of the word. You just kind of dig in. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read. You know, I'm just going to read this. Shoot, you read, a, you know, a YouTube or an article online, you'll spend 20 minutes doing that and not even think twice about it. So what is it to read five or ten chapters, right? But he also want, he said, I want you to read short too. Because as you're reading through the word of God, what you're waiting for is the flashlight to turn on and shine on a word, a phrase, a, a scripture or part of a scripture or a section. And then you begin, your spirit begins to awaken. And, and I'll be honest, once I start doing that, I mean, like, my work really suffers. <laughs> All the billing I have to do and the AP and the scheduling and the estimating, it starts to suffer. Because I start just like, oh, my goodness, this is vast. This book, it's vast. I've gone to uh, Otsev like five different times. Let's actually get into it. Okay, Otsev, pain. Pain. See if there be any pain or pain-causing way in me. The exhaustive strong says it's a variation of etsev, which you can hear the, the similarities there, right? And that's idle, sorrow, pain, wickedness. This morning, when we came to church, Jeremy actually addressed a little bit about what will happen in a community of believers in regards to pain. And I was just sitting there. I showed my wife the notes. I was like, oh, this is beautiful because God will do that, you know. He'll smile on it. And then I was reading a little bit in my uh, sermon about the, the valley. And all of a sudden, I, it was a prophetic song, and she starts singing about a valley being made low. So I rested, and I was like, you know what, Lord, you've got this, you've got this message. It's, it's from you. Pain in me becoming an idol. Sorrow unchecked, isolated, becoming wickedness. Because what happens after that? I begin to inflict pain on you and those around me. So search me, O oh God, and see if there's any pain in me that causes pain to others. And lead me in the way of everlasting. What's the everlasting way? It's the way of holiness. <laughs> They're tied together. It says, Lolam. Teach me the way to walk on the highway that brings life, that brings health, that brings healing, that brings deliverance to the captives, that sets people free. Teach me that way, oh God. And how are you going to teach it to me? By healing the pain in my own heart, by making me whole. And, and as I come back to you time and time again and you make me whole, I'm able to walk in the way of everlasting. We sang a lot. I don't know if you'll notice. I mean, I, I didn't, they didn't know anything about it. Did you hear how much we talk about holiness to, on the songs tonight? Holy, holy, just holy, 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 holy. Seek to maintain only godly sorrow. Sorrow for the lost. Sorrow for sin of your nation, of your family, of your household, of your neighborhood. We're actually going to make it to verse 4 in Isaiah 40. So let's go to verse 4 in Isaiah 40. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. 
and let the rough ground become a valley or become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. I want to jump right over to Isaiah 41.15, if you will. So if you're the ones crying and if Christ is doing these things and he's going to do these things through you, let's get a little more about that. You know, let's, let's think about that a little bit. So let's uh, look at Isaiah 41, 15 through 16. Behold, I make of you a threshing sledge. That's exciting. <laughs> I mean, painful, but exciting. New, sharp, having teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and crush them. What can we do with a mountain if we have, I mean, I can't even make it small enough, that amount of faith? According to someone in the New Testament, we can tell it to go and be thrown into the sea, right? You shall thresh the mountains and crush them, and you shall make the hills like chaff. What comes to mind here is from the time of Christ, the ministry of reconciliation that he released us into. See, we have a ministry of rec reconciliation, but there are elements of the warfare and the battle. There are elements of the warfare and the battle that manifest in a certain way. And, and he tells us how they manifest because we know when we're making disciples of all men, there are certain things that happen. He endued us with power and with anointing in order to do these things. And Mark, the end of the book, 1615, it says, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not will be condemned. And then these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons, speak with tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, they will by no means be hurt. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I have a friend who's been, uh, he's been struggling. Walk with the Lord a long time. Recently had, has had quite a bit of breakthrough, you know. And I know one thing, because the author and finisher of our faith is faithful, when you have a friend or someone in your life that's struggling, uh, it just does not make sense to let go of them. Because if you're in connection to them as a true brother or sister in Christ, you're not even relying on what you see or what you could or couldn't do to help them out of their mess. You're relying on Christ. On the solid rock I stand. I'm, on, I'm in Christ. I'm on Christ. When I look at him, I see him by the Spirit. I don't see him according to the flesh anymore. I'm not going to judge and stand in judgment and condemnation. Yes, so there are elements of the word that address putting someone out, etc. Absolutely. But if I see a man or a woman who has continued to rise up, but then they fall and they rise up and they fall and they get to a certain number of times, I automatically deem them righteous because that's what a righteous man or woman does. So we were working together recently, and, and uh, in my work, it's field work, it's blue collar. Um, we go out in the field, we test these water valves, and he got an emergency call, and I, you, you know, your when you know a friend, you just see the face, you know, like, you know, everything's good, and then, you know, they get the face, right? And he gets a face, and I can't hear on the other side of the call, but his daughter-in-law was rushed to the hospital for, uh, they had no idea except what was going on, except major pain, right? And, I mean, as soon as I hear his side of the conversation only, I go, 
And, and that's the thing. You don't even always know, okay? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not tuned in enough to know, but I know it happens. I just go, kidney stones. And that's exactly, that just, boom, word. And then you're like, you look back on the day, and you're like, oh, my goodness, word of knowledge. You know, it's just, I mean, it's beautiful. The gifts, I mean, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit happening physically, just tangibly, reality, it happens if we're open to it. So I just said, I said, and it said where he could hear me because he's, he's driving. Gets off the phone. And he's like, man, they're rushing her to the hospital. You know, they, and he didn't know at the time. Doesn't know what's going on. But, you know, and, and we had been, arg not arguing, but debating. And in Hebrew, you don't, you, don't, I mean, you don't really argue. You debate. Now, it could yell. You could yell. Like, I mean, that could happen. I know I'm all over the place, but my wife's an ADHD. So this is just how, this is, I just want to tell you, it's kind of how God made me. So there's a lot of like, I have to sidebar. My parents and I, years and years ago with my wife, were eating, I think it was Shabbat dinner at some Israeli, uh, an Israeli high school uh, friend, girl, friend, girl, not girlfriend. And, and her and I were like debating politics. <laughs> like the whole families are there. And literally, it's just like, I mean, it's reaching like, and she, she's a Kurdia, which is their origin is from Kurdistan. And she's Kurdish. And so it's actually Iraqi, but she just is going and i'm going right back and my i remember my mom and dad because it's like getting a little bit uncomfortable but me and this buddy we were uh, debating healing and miracles and 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 this is good healthy debate because you know we all have our opinions we might not always be able to share them openly unless it's someone really close but we were kind of debating this last week we worked together three days on healing and miracles and you know who should be prayed for who should be not and we're discussing he's bringing up sermons i'm bringing up things in the word I, i'm i'm i probably lean a little more on the pessimistic side you know uh or uh realist side and he's just like no this you know so we've been debate and you know what i remember that that sentiment from our debates kind of rose up in my heart when he had this report came and 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 i just i just quietly in my spirit just said, you know, I just cast down every vain imagination that comes above the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, there's one physician, his name is Yeshua, and we're going to go to him. You know, we're going we're gonna to ask for healing and miracles. And so we just prayed. It wasn't long because we had a lot of work to do. And when I'm in the field, I'm very Jewish about it. We will hoe and plow and sow and work hard and pray hard. And just there's only one rain giver. And when he gives that rain, oh, my goodness. Your crops will flourish. So we had a lot of work. We got back to the work. He gets a call a couple hours later. He, he sends me a, his, his son sends me a picture of his daughter-in-law. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen this kind of agonizing pain. They had to give her morphine, apparently, which, I mean, you know, I don't know a whole lot about those uh, chemicals, but I, that's pretty strong. When I hear that word, I, I assume, you know, that's pretty heavy. So they had to give her morphine. He showed me a picture, and, and the, the grimacing, the anguish and pain, it was just unbelievable. We prayed. I remember we prayed just really quick, and then we kept working. And in like another hour or two, he sends me another picture. And it looks like a totally different person. She's sitting there calm and in peace, and it wasn't from the morphine. The kidney stone had passed, and it was, the affair was over. And I just was like, wow, Lord. And then, of course, we went back to debating. <laughs> was it a miracle or is it a healing? You know, and like Tim, we're split. And that's okay. You should be sharpening iron with your close friends and those, uh, you know, or if you have a big question, you could take to an elder pastor. Uh, you know, let's reason together. But praise the Lord, you know. I mean, she 
God manifested. Yeshua, the physician, decided to get involved in the situation. And her picture, her face was just totally, totally different. So I'm very grateful to God. I bring that in to say, what are the weapons of our warfare? How do we engage? How do you cry out on this holiness highway? How do you carry yourself? What are the weapons of your warfare? How are you made to be a, a, a threshing sledge, to break mountains and to bring them low before our God? Because we know, according to certain scriptures, that the, the earth is crying out for the manifestation of the sons of men to show the power of the Almighty. If we're sons and daughters of God, which we are, and we're in connection with Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, then we're, we're, we're right there with him before the foundations of the earth, through creation, through the Old Testament Isaiah, through Christ's revelation and his first coming, all the way into the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and new earth, right? We're along that thread. We're along that highway. So how are we that threshing sledge? We engage. We engage the world around us. When we're met with the circumstances, what I, with the circumstance, what I find is it's important for a quick decision to go to God. It's, it's troublesome, and you'll probably find this true if you let the, heart, the, the Spirit bring it to your mind. It's troublesome if you'll wait. Now, are there times for patience? Sure. But when confronted with the work of the enemy, you don't have time to go back and strategize in your prayer closet many times. It's important to make a decision quickly to go to the Father and begin to impart the power of God. What I find is that when I delay, I'm less likely to do the battle of the Lord in that situation. I'm not saying you could, you understand what I'm saying, right? We're, we're speaking in the context of truth as it applies to most of our lives. I never preach on the fringes. That's not where we live. We live in the main governance of the word and the spirit. You know, I don't do fringes so that I don't have to do rebuttals. Because you get people saying, well, what about this? Yeah, but what is that? 10% of the time? I don't live there. I don't live there. And that can be a danger for believers as well. To get stuck in fringes and all of a sudden you're slipping off a slippery slope on the edges. I want to be a sheep that's with the group. Safe. On the highway. Following the group. Calling out. He's coming. He's come. He's coming. He's come. He's coming. Oh, you want to know the manifestation of he's come? Let me show you. Let me tell you. Bring the fools in to the house of the Lord, right? Verse 5 in Isaiah 40. It says, Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And now we've come full circle. We're, we're all the way back now to where we started last week. New heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem. Amen? Let's stand up and we'll close. So I to tell you I'm for you. God is for you and I'm for you. This is a church... Uh, it's unique.
And it's not unique because we know something the rest of the churches in town don't know. That's not the reason. I'm for the other churches in town as well. It's unique because it's chasing after the presence of God. And that's where we live. We're chasing after the presence of God. And as we minister his heart, he's transforming our lives morning, noon, and night. That's what's happening at Upper Room. You know, I, one of my favorite guys is, uh, this might bother some of y'all, but I, I really like Elon Musk. The reason I like him is for his intellect, because I can recognize that God gave the man a brain. It's superior to most of ours, right? He's, he's using more in the natural than, you know, uh, what do they say? We, how much of a brain do we use? It's like, a, how much? 10, okay. So what's this guy usually? 50, 40? All of it, there you go. But he, he talks about, uh, if you've seen his discussions on Mars, uh, he, he talks about, you know, he's been interviewed on, well, how, what are we going to do about the environment? You know, I mean, like, yeah, we could live in bubbles for a while, but eventually we have to be able to sustain. And, and he uses the word terraforming, right? He's, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but he's talking about dropping bombs on Mars, right? And, and what I always think about when he says that, you know, I, I mean, the guy's just, he's brilliant. Is, is, what about us dropping bombs in our spheres? and terraforming the environment by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what happens when you smash a mountain. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you in, in the way that, and I'm not talking about like he's always with us, but when he rises up within you with the anointing to, to set a captive free or to release healing or miracles, you're terraforming the planet. You're terraforming the, the, the face of an individual. That's what happens, and, that, and that's, that's the crux of crying out in the wilderness to make his way straight. That's my heart for you. That's what I hope you hear tonight. There's nothing about this that is to put you down. I'm for you. God is for you. He's a good father. Christ is for us, not against us. He's not in opposition to you. You're his child. You're God's child. You can crawl up into his lap. By the power we sang, Austin was seeing, we we're seeing about access. Thank you that I have access. Thank you, God, that I have access. There is a voice, though. There's a voice within us that wants to cry in the wilderness. There's something within us that wants to walk in a way that's holy, in the everlasting way upon the highway, that speaks and says, prepare a way for the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for the work of the Spirit tonight. Not the work of man, Lord, but the work of the Spirit. We surrender to the work of the Spirit. We desire to be a people that are defined by repentance. Search us, O God, I pray, and see if there's any painful way in me. As a people, God. Lord, we're in Frisco. That's where you set us in this house right now. Just pray for the city of Frisco, Lord God. As we engage the city of Frisco, Lord, there's many believers sitting at home, Lord God, that have been hurt or been wounded. Lord, I just pray for their pain, and I ask you to touch it, God. And I pray for encounters, Lord, that was, as we encounter the lost and the sheep that's gone astray, that we would minister reconciliation to their pain by the power of Jesus I thank you, you draw them as we make you Yeshua, the head 
sitting on the throne, inhabiting the praises of our people. You do this, God. And we ask you boldly because we're your sons and daughters and we're happy to be engaged with you. It's, it's joyous to cry, prepare the way. In Jesus' name, amen.